Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to our 24-minute recaps here at Dime Dropper, episode 13. Before we get started, please make sure, as always, to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, and of course, subscribe or follow us on social media as well at Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. So, for today's episode, we've got a couple games to get to. We're going to be talking about the Clippers' narrow victory over the Chicago Bulls this Sunday afternoon. Then we'll be talking about the Lakers winning handedly against the Rockets. It was my first time checking them out this season. And then we're going to talk about the Suns' bounce-back victory over the Pacers yesterday. And I'm going to end with a real... I'm going to have to lay into these Atlanta Hawks, gentlemen. Oh, boy. One of my dime dropper teams has pissed me off. So let's start out with the Clips, who needed to bounce back today against the Chicago Bulls. I was really nervous going into it because these afternoon games have been just killers for us. The last time we had an afternoon game, you guys all know, was that Dallas game, which completely ruined my Sunday. So I really didn't want my Sunday to be ruined at 3.30 afternoon today, and it almost was. The Clippers came out a little lethargic to start on defense, which is exactly what I talk about. We do a talk about us doing that we did last season too much, and we've been better about this season, but we were just a, a step behind, whether it be screens, whether it just... And the Bulls were making shots. They were making us pay, especially guys like Patrick Williams. You know, this is my fourth time watching the Bulls this season, I believe. Fourth time. And uh, Patrick Williams Patrick Williams is a decent player. You know, he's got a very solid mid-range game. He can't really create his own shot yet at this level, but, you know, you get the ball to him off the catch with the defense rotating, you can take a step in, take a dribble, hit a jumper. Sometimes you can go under the, if you go under the screen on him, he can make it. Sometimes, even if you go over the screen, he can step into jumpers and make it. He's got a nice high arcing shot. Uh, he's getting better at threes. Today he was six of nine, three of five from three, and 17 points for them. And the Bulls just got out, like, everybody was scoring, you know? They were just getting what they wanted, and that starts from dribble penetration, making threes, and we were having a lot of trouble, you know, guarding them on those, especially... Kobe White and Zach Levine, and they led by nine after one. We were getting some decent looks. This was the first game that Kawhi didn't have the mask, so it was really nice, it was really nice to see that. And, you know, it, it's, it looked pretty sluggish in that first quarter, and just overall in the first half in general, we were down seven at the break. But then the third quarter, um, by the way, Lou Williams came in today in that second quarter and started looking more like the old Lou, coming off screens, going left, hitting that patented going left 18-footer that he's, you know, mastered over his career. But I was still very nervous because I just didn't think we were defending the right way. It was just sloppy. I mean, they were making everything. you got to give credit to the Bulls. I mean, you got guys like fucking former Clipper Garrett Temple making threes. Like, are you serious? Like, this dude was broke when he was on the Clippers. He was not that good. He's a decent defender. And you got to give the Bulls credit a little bit. The defense was not bad, especially in the first half. I mean, they were doing a good job on... PG and, and Kawhi, and I gotta give a shout out to Zach Levine, who's, you know, not known to be a very good defender, but he was putting in putting in some effort today on the defensive end, making life tough. Garrett Temple was insane. So, like, one of the things, the Bulls, guys, we beat them, and I'm gonna get to the ending, but we beat them with them shooting 61% from the field and 54% from three, which is actually insane. But 
mainly, you know, it was partially because of our defense. And it was interesting because the refs were actually letting them play in this game. Like, they were letting a lot of hand-checking, getting over screens. But, um, yeah, and, and you know, the, we, we, we failed to match their physicality a little bit for a while. But um, overall, every single person in this, like, the Clippers could not stay in front of anybody in that, in that, uh, in that game. Just period. I mean, whether it was Kawhi, Batum, Paul George, everybody was getting beat off the dribble. Zach Levine was getting basically whatever he wanted. Kobe White was getting in the paint far too easily. He only had nine points, but he had 13 assists. But in the third quarter, we had like a straight-up three-point shootout, which is like basically every game. But this was like a kind of a duel. Zach Levine and Kawhi were exchanging blows. And, man, some of those threes that Zach Levine was making, like contested, full-on step-backs, people in his grill. You know, I got to give it to Zach Levine. Like, he's come a 10 of 16 from three. My God. 15 of 26 from the field. 45, 7, and 7. Like, just an insane performance. I really think Zach Levine actually is an elite scorer in this league. And I actually think that he could lead a team to the playoffs in the East. But I just think that he doesn't really have a clear-cut second guy on this team at all. Like, there's a huge drop-off after Zach on this team. And they're still somewhat suspect defensively, at least more so with Markkinen. When Markkinen is there, that he gets put in pick and roll. I feel like they had a lot more length and athleticism tonight or today on defense. And it affected us. But Kawhi was more scorching hot than I've ever seen him in terms of threes in that in that third quarter. And it was just, you know, we kept answering back, answering back. We outscored him by seven in the third quarter. 42-35 in the third quarter and got us back in the game. And I, it was a tie game going into the fourth. And I was saying, like, look. You know, we got the two best players on the court. We need to finish the job. And that's exactly what we did. It was very nerve-wracking. We were down by, I think it was three points or so. And we were struggling to get stops. But Nicholas Batum hit this corner four-point play where he pump faked and the guy didn't even bite or kind of like he just stepped closer to him but he didn't jump or anything and I was like oh my god this this is a horrible shot it's not gonna go in and he made a four-point play in the clutch I mean once again this is just you know you guys come to Dime Dropper for your uh, daily podcast or whatever your daily recap and you're gonna get a daily reminder that Nicholas Batum is the most underrated acquisition of the summer because I, my goodness, that was such a big shot, and he's just continuing what he's doing. And then Lou Williams, you know, made some big plays down the stretch. A steal of Lou Williams' defensive play to decide the game, essentially, which was unbelievable. So here's the thing, though. I still believe what I said last game. Even though I last game I said I'm done with the Lou Williams experience, and he answered back with that performance. Look, I still think that Lou Williams is going to be exploited down the line. He can have a good game against a crappy team like Chicago, but that's not going to... You know, he will be exploited. And I don't think he'll be able to play late in games sometimes because he's going to get targeted. As for Ty Lue, I think he made some great adjustments today. He realized that we can't stagger. I mean, sorry, we have to stagger. We can't just put, you know, total bench in anymore. And he did exactly that, and it worked. And, you know, if it's funny, is the Bulls, Zach Levine still made a ridiculous three to give him one more chance. And then he got the last look, and he airballed. So we just... Paul George made some big free throws, and Paul George was great tonight. A lot of penetrating and kicking. He was making his shots. Paul George continues to be fantastic. Kawhi had his best game of the season, though, without the mask, which is exactly what I want to see because I always say it. I think our team is best when Kawhi is the best player, not Paul George. The final, 130-127. to 127, The Clippers skate away. I was not very happy with the performance, especially defensively. We, we couldn't guard a chair. Our defense, our rotations were a little slow. Once again, those early starts killing us, but that's not an excuse. They can't. It can't be that you start early and you just don't play well, you know, that or, or not locked in on defense. That's just not acceptable. However, I don't understand why we had an early game because the Lakers were in Houston tonight and the LA Kings aren't playing and there's no concerts. So why the hell did the, the Clippers get 
Oh, uh, early game today. Like, Staples Center. Come on, guys. What the fuck is good with that? Clippers advance to 7-4. and four. Thank God, preventing my Sunday from being ruined. Nicholas Batum, 8 points, 4 steals, 3 assists, 2 boards. Kawhi Leonard, 35 points, 14 of 22, 7 of 9 from 3. 3 steals to go along with that. Serge Ibaka was solid tonight. Some good putbacks. 10 points for him. Paul George, 28, 7 boards, 9 assists, and 2 turnovers. So keeping that assist-to-turnover ratio we talk about on Dime Dropper, very nice. A little bit better for Marcus Morris, made some open threes. He was 0 for 3 from 2, but 3 of 5 from 3, 11 points. Lou Williams, though, 21 points. I think Kawhi was my player of the game today, but Lou was big, and the Clippers skate away with the victory. So... Let's go. By the way, shout out to uh, Denzel Valentine, who was making some really nice floaters and shots in the pick and roll. Just everybody on the Bulls played so well. It's crazy they didn't win that game. Thank God they didn't, because losing two in a row would have been terrible. But um, let's talk about the um, let's talk about the Rockets and the Lakers. And it, this game was just Lakers from the get go, just coming out with some really good defense. You know, Anthony Davis returned from his load management, and they were all over it. Whether it was pressuring on screens, I noticed. You know, Marcus Gasol, this was my first time watching Houston this season, and, you know, John Wall was one of my favorite players before the injuries and stuff in Washington. And, he, you know, he's still, he looks solid, but he definitely is not the same John Wall. Like, I don't know if he's a star player in this league anymore because he doesn't really have that same explosion, and he's never been a great jump shooter, and he's still not. Um, but James Harden, he just looks so disinterested today. I don't know if that's been a, the theme for him all season, but... He just doesn't want to be there, it seems. He's looking fat. He's looking, you know, obviously overweight, I should say. But, you know, slow, just not really into it. And, you know, he doesn't have a team that's just a bunch of shooters. Like, they started David Nwaba today, who's not an offensive threat at all. Instead of, you know, coming from a guy like Robert Covington, who you really need to get out to at the three-point line last year. It's just not a, the same Rockets team. I noticed they're tougher Rockets team. They play defense. But, you know, if James Harden's not really into it, then... They're not gonna do anything. And plumber Jim, I you know you guys if you guys are fans of Dime Dropper, you guys heard my episodes in the in the in the glorified summer league about how much I dislike James Harden and how much I think what he's become is everything wrong with the modern game. And you guys see on pick and rolls the Lakers, you know James Harden refused to take mid range shots. He wanted to go all the way in, and Marcus All did a really good job of just putting his hands up, making sure that you know if Harden did shoot a floater, did Harden did go into him, he was gonna be right up there contesting, and Harden would just pull it back out for a three. So credit Marcus All, late switches took took the challenge of you know letting Harden come at him, and Harden would just pull it out, and the Lakers were getting the, their hands on everything. You know you got to give a shout out to guys like Tht Ad. You know, KCP came out for the Lakers. The defense was really what won them the game today. And they created, they forced 21 turnovers today, the Lakers. And they converted off those turnovers with 16 points. But the, the, the stat, in my opinion, that really tells you how the Lakers won this game, 40 fast break points. I'm sorry, 32 fast break points. And that was mostly because, you know, once again, forcing turnovers and getting out and running. And every time Anthony Davis would be guarding on the perimeter, the second a shot would go up, you would streak out. You guys are Laker fans that know this. You know, LeBron does a great job of the two-hand... I don't... I think LeBron sometimes... This is what I've noticed throughout his career. Very good two-handed outlet passer. Really good. Ahead of the floor, just great. But his one... Sometimes when he does those little one-handed, like, you know, just like law passes, he under... under uh, 
under uh, throws him. But his, you know, his just his two-handed like bullet outlets are just fantastic. And he got Anthony Davis with a lot of those. But AD was so solid tonight. This is the Anthony Davis. Once again, it's like every other game, which is not what I like, but you know, or not what I would like if I was a Laker fan. But today he was really good, being aggressive, getting in those mid-range areas, mid-post. You know, I saw him get in the post occasionally. It was much better from AD. Very solid game from LeBron. But overall, the Lakers were just all, you know, all over on a defense. And the Rockets just. You know, with James Harden, he just doesn't look very interested, man. He just doesn't look very interested. Harden finishing with 20 points, 9 assists, 7 turnovers, and only 14 shot attempts, with which from Harden is just ridiculously low. For, you know, for him. I wouldn't say ridiculously, but fairly low. But the Lakers, let's look at their line real quick. Individually, LeBron, a little bit more quiet scoring night, but LeBron played very well. He was doing his thing, getting his guys in positions to succeed, getting his guys in open spots. 18 points, 7 boards, 7 assists. Anthony Davis, my player of the game from this one, 27 points, 9 of 12, only one three. What did I talk about, Laker fans? What did I talk about? Settling for threes. Look at Anthony Davis, 75% from the field, shooting mid-ranges and jump hooks and, you know, playing like a real power forward. 27 points and a plus 29 plus minus for a D. Uh, Mon Trader was pretty solid off the bench with some good energy, finishing, doing his thing. 16 and 8. But by the way, I need to say something about, um, oh, THT also was, in my opinion, the third best player in the game. 17 points off the bench. His length is really, really impressive. He's a ball player, guys. He can actually play and pick and roll a bit. He's really solid taking it to the rim. You know, he's got long arms. He stripped James Harden clean at one point. I was laughing so hard. But yeah, THT, man, he's a solid player. 17 points for him. But um, So another great win for the Lakers. 5-0 and on the road, which is very impressive. Taking care of business. Uh, the best team, in my opinion, I think the Lakers still are just ahead, a step ahead of the league. Just because their chemistry, their defense, you know, it's not a very changed team. Even though Dennis Schroeder had, I think, a very average, not very good game. At least offensively, he was poor, in my opinion, for his standards. Just, just missing shots that he usually makes. 3 of 10 from the field for Dennis. But he still, you know, brings intangibles. And two steals, two blocks from Dennis. So there you go. Lakers get the dub. Good win for the Lakers. And we move on to the next game. By the way, I need to check somebody real quick. Billy Mack needs to really relax with this narrative about Montrader shooting mid-range jumpers and that he was put in a box offensively by 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 Glenn Rivers. He was he said today in commentary he was like, you know, a free-flowing Laker offense, like as if Glenn Rivers didn't just like let them go out and play. Montrader's averaging 6 or 5 less points with the Lakers than he was with the Clippers. So if anything, the Lakers are doing a better job of limiting his offense. Not the other way around. So Billy Mack needs to stop with that narrative. That's getting really annoying. Um, anyway, let's move on to the Atlanta Hawks, who have now lost four consecutive games. Now, let before I really get into this, let me give you guys a little flashback, because we've been talking about him in the episodes as one of our dime dropper teams. Against Cleveland, this was their first big loss of the season. They were 11 of 32 from three, 34%, which isn't too horrendous, but it's under 35%. Trey Young had six turnovers. He only had 16 points, and he was 6 to 16. So granted, you know, you'd figure if your best player, Trey Young, has a better game, you're probably going to win. That was just one bad game. You move on to the next, right? So then they play the Knicks, and we talked about that game. And the Hawks were winning, and then they took their foot off the gas and only scored 20 points in the fourth. And Trey Young had eight turnovers, and it was 9 of 22, and 1 of 6 from 3. So again, not doing the best job closing the game. Three-point percentage. 10 of 31, 
again, under 35%. So that's another loss. So, you know, now the third game, you better play better. But once again, we already talked about this game against the Hornets the other night where Gordon Hayward had 44 points. And what happened with Trey Young? Two of nine, seven points, seven turnovers. So then the whole article came out about John Collins trying to tell Trey Young that he needs to be a team player. And you know what I saw in this game? A little bit more of, you know, a little bit more being a little generous in the beginning of the game, and it was working really well. I mean, here's the thing I noticed about the Hornets. And by the way, actually, before we get into this game, I need to give a shout out to the to the game where they played the Pelicans. And the Pelicans blew it completely. And you gotta give a credit to LaMelo, who is so let's talk about LaMelo for a sec, guys. He was my pick for rookie of the year, but that was because I didn't really know much about the rookies, so I just threw it out there. But LaMelo's I hate to say this because I'm a big Zoe guy, but I feel like he's what Zoe would be if Zoe had confidence. Like, they move the same, but LaMelo just has a little bit of swagger and arrogance about him. And he's had it since he was a kid, too. I mean, we followed this journey. And it was awesome seeing them on the court together. But LaMelo's left-handed passing is really impressive. Like, this is coming from a guy who's very critical of passing in modern in the modern game. But LaMelo's left-handed passing, that's dime dropper status right there. And, you know, his shooting is better than Zoe, it looks like. It looks like so far. And the Pelicans, you know, it, this was mostly a Miles Bridges was getting hot and Terry Rozier was getting hot. But, you know, the reason why I picked them not to make the playoffs is because I watched their games last season and they can't close, particularly Ingram. He's had this problem since the 2018 season when he was the best player on the Lakers before LeBron showed up. He's had this problem. And that's why Laker fans were starting to compare Kuz to Ingram because Ingram, despite the talent, he couldn't close out games. For whatever reason, it goes stagnant. He loses the ball. He just doesn't have that this is why, you know, some people try to say that, oh, look at the numbers. Him and Tatum are not that far apart. You're insane because Tatum does not shy away from any moment at the end of the game. He has confidence. Brandon Ingram, whatever reason, the Pelicans cannot close. It was the same story last year, and it's biting him in the ass this year, and it was a terrible loss because they play in the West, so it's not going to get any easier. Even though Zion had a good game, Lonzo, by the way, a guy who's not good at threes, even though he's gotten better, admittedly, but he just keeps shooting threes. Like, that's all he's doing. Now he's not shooting anything else. So if a guy who's not great at threes is just going to keep shooting threes, I'm telling you guys, Lonzo, like, he's looking... I'm very scared now, guys. I'm very scared that Lonzo may just end up being a good role player in the NBA. He's never going to, you know, progress to being, like, an all-star caliber player. It's, it's just really weird. I love his IQ, but I just think that he just lacks a lot of tools offensively. And if he just keeps shooting threes when he's, like, not even that great at threes, I know he's gotten better once again, but it's, like, that's counterproductive. Anyway, so the Hawks, right? Pressure on. Hornets coming up a back-to-back, the game we just talked about. And they start out better. John Collins was really setting the tone. You know, he hit a couple threes, some putbacks. And you know what I noticed? The commentators were saying it, Bob Rathbun for – Atlanta Hawks broadcast was saying that the the Hornets play the most zone of any team in the league. And you know why why and I know why they went zone in this game because they wanted to do the same thing I just talked about, bait the Hawks into shooting threes and falling out of the game by living and dying with the jumper. And you know, that is exactly what happened. In the first quarter they were making them, they were getting a bunch of open looks. The whole rest of the game, they got a bunch of open looks, but once again, this is my fucking problem with the NBA today as I talked about is the NBA getting better? Once again, go check that out for the love of God because everything I said is literally facts because it's literally coming back in this season to show. 
These teams don't know when to quit. If it's not falling, go to the basket, son, or take a mid-range or something. The amount of mid-range shots passed up for threes, the Atlanta Hawks, oh my God. And you know who starts the trend? You know who starts leading by example, chucking threes from 30 feet when the rest of his team can score, when he can get into the paint? Chucking from 35 feet without passing the ball when you're losing. Trey Young, 5 of 19, 0 of 5 from 3, 4 turnovers, 10 to 4 assist to turnover ratio, 15 points. Let's look at the three numbers for the Hawks. 14 of 46, 30%. So for the fourth consecutive game, they shoot over 33s and they shoot less than 35%. I'm telling you right now, Trey Young is a fraud. Now that may sound harsh. He's a, still a great player. He's in his third year. He's got a lot of growing room. He still could be amazing down the line. But this ain't, this is ridiculous. This is literally just straight up entitlement. This is straight up, I don't, like, I want everything to come from me. He needs to make passes that aren't the assist pass. He needs to just come up the court and pass the ball to pass the ball and move it. He, he's so, and he has this, you know, attitude on defense sometimes where it's like, oh, I'm not going to rotate. I'm just going to let him score. Let's go down the other way so I can throw it up from 30. And you know what? This is exactly why I'm following the Hawks this year because I like the Hawks. I want them to make the playoffs. I like Trey Young. I want him to be good. But I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys. This is ridiculous. The entitlement from Trey Young, this is not how you lead. And you know what, Atlanta? You know what the funny part is? You lost to these shitty Eastern Conference teams. Guess who you're playing next? Philadelphia, you know, uh, I, I don't remember what their schedule was, but it was very difficult. Difficult. And they're going to lose a ton of these games. Phoenix was on there. They're going to plummet so much. And with the news of Bogdanovich, Gallinari needs to get his ass back out there as soon as possible. Same with Rondo. Because Trey Young is going to be the reason this team doesn't make the playoffs because he has no clue how to lead at all. Another game, episode 2950 fucking seven of teams not knowing when to shoot, quit shooting threes. Live by the jumper, die by the jumper. And PJ Washington was hitting his threes. He was getting it better, uh, getting good looks. And it was a much more inside outside attack. And Gordon Hayward, who has been a mid range sniper, was doing that again. Even though he only ended up six for 14, it felt like he was hitting everything. 13 points. And you got to give a shout out to LaMelo becoming the first person, you know, the youngest person to uh, get a triple double in a game. Great passing. He was getting much more comfortable going to the basket, finishing. Again, left hand, too. He's got a good left hand. And his jumper was falling. 3 of 5 from 3, 9 of 13. I mean, 22, 12, and 11. LaMelo Ball is looking like a front runner for Rookie of the Year now. And the kid's confidence is growing by the second. And the, the Hornets compete, man. And Terry Rozier has been off to a tear shooting the three ball this year. 4 of 9 from 3 to nine, uh, last night. 8 of 15, 23 points. And the, the Hornets just got a more balanced attack. And you got to give James Borrego credit because he, he game planned this perfectly. So the Hawks are in deep trouble. Four or five. Trey Young, bro, change it up or we're just going to be coming for you all season out here. Because I don't, I don't know. First of all, once again, I'm just going to say it. I have no agenda towards players. This is, I don't want to hate on players. I'm just going to tell you the truth. And it's ridiculous. Anyway, let's end with the Suns and the Pacers before we go to the live chat. The Suns bounce back so nicely. This is exactly what a playoff team with aspirations likes to do. They, they literally were like, you know, we're not going to lose back to back. And Indiana's such a good team. And they came out with such better defense, just getting over screens, active hands. And, you know, the, the, the Pacers take care of the ball. Only 10 turnovers for the Pacers. But guess how many the Suns had? Two turnovers? I'm sorry. No, seriously. 
two turnovers as an entire team. So when you do that in the modern NBA, you're, you're going to win 100% of the time. Mikhail Bridges was unbelievable. Three-pointers, going to the basket off the catch. You know, that's the thing. The Suns move the ball so nicely. And, you know, when you got that constant movement of the ball, you don't even need to have ISO guys. You just get the ball because guys are rotating. The defense is constantly rotating and closing out hard. You can just take guys off the dribble, like off the bounce, like Mikhail Bridges. Because, you know, they can't hand check. It's hard to get back level with guys. Mikhail Bridges, 6 of 8 from 3, 12 of 18. Devin Booker was so much more aggressive in this game. He shot less threes, 1 of 5 from 3. But guess what he was from 2? 8 of 14. Much better from Book. Mid-range and ones. He was being so much more aggressive. Chris Paul was doing his thing again. 15 points, 10 assists, 1 turnover. That's called the point god. Assist to turnover ratio on a trillion. I, I do would like, I still would like to see Aiden get more shots, get more touches. 10, po- 10 shots is not enough for me. 8 points is not enough for me. But the Suns, especially Javon Carter, Dario Saric, Cam Johnson, these guys off the bench are giving so much defensive intensity, so much you know floor spacing, and they've been so reliable. This Suns team is such the real deal, and I've had such a good time watching them. So great bounce back win for the Suns. Two turnovers, guys. I mean, that's the main stat you want to take away from this. Taking care of the ball. Devin Booker, man. Special shout out to Devin Booker, who's competing on defense every damn night this year. And Chris Paul's effect is really, it's just touching everybody. And Monty Williams, fantastic. But that's, we're at 24 minutes. That's the limit. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Tell me, let me what you think. Let me know what you're thinking of what I'm saying. If I was too harsh on Trey Young, have you been watching Hawks games? Let me know what you guys think. We're going to go to the live chat now. Peace.